It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. Our Tagusk advisory is with Liz Duffy, dairy B&T advisor based in Middleton. And the theme is silage and soil fertility and the new derogation obligations for 2020. Dairy Gold Area Sales Manager John Friel talks us through fertiliser needs to cover second cut silage requirements. We check in again on Brian McCarthy and his rooftop garden in the centre of Cork City. Also, Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. The number of cases of COVID-19 in meat factories grew to over 925. It's after the HSE confirmed another 103 staff had tested positive over the past week. A local outbreak team was assigned to manage each outbreak in the plants. But Sinn Féin's agriculture spokesman Brian Stanley said that more needs to be done to tackle the problem. Inspections need to be unannounced, meat plants where there are outbreaks, all workers need to be tested and workers should not be allowed back on the production line until they have the odd clear. And unfortunately, the practice to date has been to allow workers back in on the factory floor without having the results. We've seen the results of that right across the meat industry. Uh, workers that were infected were back in on the factory floor and spread the infection throughout the workforce. An agriculture professor says the food chain could be interrupted if there are more cases of COVID-19 in the meat plants. At least one was forced to temporarily shut. Michael Wallace, professor of agriculture at UCD, said there is the threat of more closures. From the, the farmer's perspective, the biggest worry may be the impact on throughput or potential for plant closures. And that level of disruption to the supply chain could result in backlogs on farms with animals that are ready to market and and can't be moved through to to processing. ICMSA has called for an extension of the moratorium on farmer repayments into the traditional autumn settling up period. Chair of the Farm Business Committee says businesses impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic should have payments extended beyond its current deadline of June 30th. A number of farmers have already availed of this much-needed and welcome break in repayments due to the significant drops in revenue and the measures reduce the financial pressure in the current environment. But for many farmers, the autumn period is traditionally the time to pay down bills and debt. The reality of the financial pressures may not be felt until later in the year and by then, under current arrangements, could be too late to apply for the moratorium. Many farmers could find themselves under financial pressure and no moratorium available. ICMSA says farming is a year-round occupation with a seasonal payment schedule and it's essential farmers are not disadvantaged because of their payment schedules. John O'Connor will look further at this issue in Farm Talk later. 
Funding allocated for agricultural shows throughout the country this year can be used in 2021, where shows had to be cancelled because of the impact of COVID-19. The news comes at the start of what would normally have been a very busy period now for shows around the country. Minister for Rural and Community Development Michael Ring allocated €600,000 to the Irish Shows Association to support approximately 120 agriculture shows which were due to take place this year. All have been cancelled until COVID-19 restrictions are lifted and public safety can be ensured. Funding for shows will be held in trust so it can be used in 2021 if the show goes ahead. Any shows that do go ahead this year as restrictions are eased and lifted and in line with public health advice can continue to utilise funds made available for 2020. Tiagosk has developed a range of STEM activities, science, technology, engineering and maths activities and fund games for children at home due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The Agriculture and Food Development Authority has started a YouTube series called Science Experiments at Home where researchers show children different experiments they can do from the home with everyday materials found in every house. The Chagask website, chagask.ie forward slash STEM for Kids or forward slash Fun for Kids, has more details. And also keep an eye on Chagask's social media for newly updated content. Exports of Irish beef to China have been temporarily suspended because of a case of atypical BSE in a cow. The Department of Agriculture denied during the week that there were any public health concerns. Owen Murphy has this report. The Department of Agriculture says it identified a suspected case of atypical BSC in a 14-year-old cow on May the 14th. Tests later confirmed it is an atypical case of the disease, which is commonly known as mad cow disease. The department says it has voluntarily suspended beef exports to China until further notice. IFA President Tim Cullinan says it is a big concern. Obviously it's disappointing, but my understanding is you know, it's a tick technical issue is one 14-year-old cow, just a one-off incident. Obviously, the department now has to do a report for the Chinese authorities and hopefully it'll be a matter of weeks and you know, this issue can be cleared up. Beef Plan's Jason Fitzgerald hopes the suspension does not stay in place for a long time. I believe it should be lifted very shortly if common sense would prevail that we, our checks are working. Cow is a 14-year-old cow. It's a bit like the horse meat scandal a number of years ago. The checks worked in that case as well. And we were able to intervene before any of that meat hit human consumption. The department insists there are no public health risks associated with this occurrence. President of the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, Edmund Graham, said incidents like this have happened in other countries. Some of them were resolved very quickly. Other issues took longer. So um, I believe there was one in Brazil last year much the same as the case here in Ireland and uh, it was resolved in 10 days so that would be wonderful if we could have all this behind us in 10 days time. The big volumes of beef that was expected to go this year was great, we did get held up back on the outbreak of the Covid and uh, things were just slowly starting to get back to normal where we were starting to move beef again to China and um, this has happened so it slowed the whole thing down again so hopefully there will not be too much of a delay The Health and Safety Authority says it's lucky nobody's been killed in a number of dangerous social media videos that have taken place on farms. Numerous videos circulated on TikTok, people messing with farm machinery and tractors. Gather Superintendent Eddie Golden spoke of the need for 100% concentration while driving on the road in yards or fields. He was speaking on RTE's Crime Call earlier this week, which featured the need for safety round agricultural machinery at this time. Modern agricultural vehicles are extremely large and they need 100% concentration to drive them safely. 
and distractions within their cab will take from that. We have reports of a small cohort of people who would use their mobile phone while driving, also using them to take selfies, uploading to social media. The use of a mobile phone while driving is illegal and is a penalty point offence. It also takes from that 100% concentration you need to drive that vehicle safely. I see MSA President Pat McCormick said people driving tractors while filming themselves for upload onto social media platforms is dangerous, irresponsible and needs to stop. He's appealing to the young drivers, specifically young men, to recognise the incredible dangers in this practice and to stop it immediately. It is, he says, an invitation to tragedy and to stop it for their sakes and those of other road users. Kildalton Agricultural College, Pilltown, County Kilkenny, are holding their traditional Open Day on Thursday, June 4th, 2020, in virtual format this year, due to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, which prevents visitors coming to the college for a tour in the traditional manner. Kildalton Agricultural College invites applicants for their Level 5 courses in Agriculture, Horticulture and Equine Studies. The virtual Open Day will take place over the course of the full day on Thursday 4th of June 2020 at the following times. At 2pm Equine Studies, always very popular with Cork students. 4pm for Horticulture and 7pm for Agriculture. It's essential that any individual who wishes to join the Open Day would register at the following www.chagask.ie and lowercase for the course of most interest to them, or indeed any course. Anyone can register for any or indeed all of the course subjects and get a complete feel for the college and campus life. During the open day on Thursday 4th of June, college staff will provide a live panel discussion which will be interspersed with video footage of the college educational facilities and farm enterprises. Viewers will then have the opportunity to post their questions during a virtual question and answer session. Kildalton are still taking applications for their Level 5 courses and Thursday 4th of June 2020 will be the last opportunity for potential students to see the college before the closing of applications and further information available as well as registration at www.chargisk.ie all lowercase. For an overview on how apps are keeping Chagask and Agricultural College students engaged, listeners are referred to the June 2020 issue of the Chagask magazine Today's Farm for an article by Chagask Crops Lecturer at Kildalton College, Miss Claire Bambrick. Miss Bambrick reviews the role of worldwide learning platforms such as Moodle, in addition to Zoom, YouTube, Kahoot and Google Classroom. Registration for the online open day, Thursday 4th of June at www.chagask.ie. Mr Tim Ashmore is College Principal, Kildalton Agricultural College, Piltown, Cadical Kenny. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Many farmers are already looking to the second cut of silage and the fertiliser requirements at this time. There's a lot gone out already, but there's a lot more to go out in the next few weeks. Dairy Gold Area Sales Manager John Friel joins us on Farm Talk and I asked him, given that many farmers have the first cut in the pit, what fertiliser should they be spreading now to get ready for the second cut? In terms of fertiliser requirements for a second cut, it all depend on your soil P and K indexes and whether you actually have a P allowance for your, a P allowance for your farm in terms of your nitrates. So for that reason, it's useful to have soil sampling results whenever you're setting out a fertiliser plan 
in terms of your P's and K's, we're targeting an index three for P and K. And if this is the case, uh, your fertilizer requirements for a second cut of silage will be 80 units of nitrogen, 80 units of phosphorus, 60 units of potassium, and 16 units of sulfur. And there's a number of different ways you can you can meet this through chemical fertilizer or a combination of chemical fertilizer and slurry. Uh, good quality slurry with a high dry matter will have an equivalent of six units of nitrogen, six units of phosphorus, and 30 units of potassium, and three units of sulfur. So just for an example there on how to meet your requirements from a mixture of the two of them would be 2,000 gallons of slurry per acre plus two bags of a protecting urea product, for example, 38% protected urea plus sulfur, or you could use conventional can-type products. In that case, it would be 2,000 gallons of slurry per acre plus two and a half bags of can um, per acre. Ideally, you'd prefer to be putting out your slurry using a low-emission trail-and-shoe-type method, and this here will help you minimise your loss, your nitrogen losses and increase the value of your slurry. So, John, what's the best approach to get soil indexes up? Some might find themselves short with the P's and K's. The best place to start would be to identify where you're currently at with your soil P and K indexes. And this will be achieved through soil sampling at the back end of the year. Um, try and leave at least three months between your last application of P's and K's to get the most accurate result of your soil. Uh, whenever you're building up your P's, you're looking at front-loading uh, your P in the springtime. And this here will help stimulate the early grass growth and it will also help promote root development and tillering in post fields. Uh, whenever you're trying to increase your K indexes, apply K late in the year whenever high K applications are required. Avoid putting out excess amounts of P and K on silage crops as this can result in high P and K levels in the silage. And this year can also lead to meta- metabolic diseases in the transition value. And during the summer months in general, then are farmers swapping out any fertilisers? There has been a movement towards protected urea in recent years. Protected urea products, they're roughly around 10% cheaper per unit of nitrogen when compared to canned products. Sagas research has shown us that the protected urea products can grow as much grass as can-type products, while at the same time decreasing ammonia emissions by 80% compared to urea and decreasing greenhouse gas emissions by 74% compared to can. And is it a good time to get sulphur in the ground? If it is, what are the general guidelines for that and will farmers see much of a return from it? Uh, sulphur is an essential nutrient for grass growth. It's, it, it's um, a building block for the amino acids uh, and these are a building block for the proteins. Uh, it's closely associated with nitrogen uptake and efficiency and it influences the, the crude protein of your both grass and your silage. As grass grows, both sulfur and nitrogen are used together, so a sulfur deficiency will lead to a nitrogen deficiency as well and reduce your yield. And just on, a, on an Irish basis, roughly 30% of Irish soils require sulfur for optimal yield, and this is particularly seen in soils of moderate to light texture. Research work has shown that fertilizer, sulfur and fertilizer can increase your grass protein by roughly 22%, and it'll increase your grass sugar by 20%. And just in terms of guidelines, you're looking at roughly 15 units of sulphur per acre from April to June on grazing ground, and then 15 units of sulphur on your on a first cut silage ground, and 10 units of sulphur on second cut silage ground. And in terms of the benefits, you can see trial work has shown us that it'll increase your grass yield by two ton per acre, and this is equivalent of roughly 500 euro per hectare to the farmer. And in terms of silage yields, it'll increase silage yields by over three ton per hectare per year and this can the equivalent of 750 euro per hectare John Friel Dairy Gold Area Sales Manager
The Irish government should support dairy and meat sectors by replicating a Belgian initiative for exporting companies. And that statement came from the IFA. IFA President Tim Cullinan said the approval by the European Union of a Belgian initiative to support companies who export at least 30% of turnover must be used by the Irish government as a precedent to provide export credit insurance for dairy and meat sectors. Other countries have invested over a billion euro in their agri-sectors to help them through the COVID-19 crisis under state aid rules, the IFA leader pointed out. And he warned there is a real danger we are going to be left behind. Meanwhile, the IFA National Dairy Committee chairman, Tom Phelan, said the current level of support provided by the European Union through the APS scheme aids to private storage, while important, is very limited. It's likely the scheme will be fully utilised before the end of June, and with Ireland having already used its entire cheese allocation of 2,180 tonnes and having put 5,665,000 tonnes of butter into storage last week. Firming dairy futures and spot quotes as the world slowly comes out of lockdown, the refilling of food import pipelines and the resumption of food services in many countries suggest dairy prices will recover in coming months. However, the working capital and cash flow situations of processing cooperatives and farmers will need additional supports, according to that statement from Tom Phelan. And the IFA National Livestock Chairman, Mr Brendan Golden, said the meat market has already been badly hit by COVID-19 and farmers will need additional supports over and above APS. As well as the direct EU supports for livestock farmers, export credit insurance and the €2 billion Euro loan scheme are packages the Irish government must deliver urgently. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Tagusk advisory. Liz Duffy is Tagusk Dairy B&T advisor in Middleton. 
And our topic continues with the seasonal theme of silage and soil fertility, along with the new derogation obligations for 2020. So I began by asking Liz for an overview of what's been happening on the silage front in her area. Well, the recent fine weather has been very favourable in terms of getting the first cuts done. Thankfully, as yet, we are not suffering from drought as they are up in parts of the East Coast. But look, maybe that's one to watch for the next couple of weeks. So I'm based in the office in Middleton in the east of the county and we saw the first cuts kicking off almost three weeks ago now at this stage. There had been some bales taken out before that as the paddocks at the end of the first round and some farms were skipped over due to the, go- the good growth rates at that time. Um, so in the meantime, we've had an awful lot of grass samples in from our clients to test for nitrates and sugars. And the vast majority of those samples came back on target with the nitrates well under 400 and the sugars above 2 2.5%, which meant they could be cut. So I'd say the general consensus was that crops were quite forward and probably a week ahead of what people had expected. But look, thankfully, we've had a good spell of settled weather to allow these crops to be cut, wilted and brought in clean and dry. Now, I'm seeing some fields and they're still not cut, Liz. So what's the advice then for those who have that first cut yet to make? Yeah, so um, I suppose my message now as we're facing into the bank holiday weekend is to kind of take stock of those remaining first cuts get them tested if you're unsure but look I think now is a good time to see if they can be taken out and get the second cuts growing if that's what you're after. There's a couple of key points I want to highlight in terms of silage quality and why going for bulk is not always the best route to be taking and delaying the cutting into June. Now I can understand the reasoning why people want to let the crops grow on and get a good bulky yield but actually what can be happening is that while you might be gaining in tons you're losing quality and ultimately these inferior quality silages will need higher levels of supplement when we get into the winter feeding situation. So as a starting point um, we have to remember that the nitrogen uptake in these crops happens at roughly two units a day so the 100 units that you put on will take 50 days or seven weeks roughly to be fully used by the crops so that could be a starting point in terms of planning your cutting. We also know, however, that from mid-May on, the early varieties of grass that are common in the silage mixes are starting to head out, and even the late varieties are heading out from the, the kind of from now to the early part of, of June. Um, and I suppose the downside of that is for every week that you delay the harvest after the grass is heading, it can drop the DMD in the resulting silage by three. Um, and when we look at the bigger causes of why silage DMD ends up being below par, the main cause is lodging which can drop the DMD um, by potentially nine. So a silage that could have been 72 DMD ends up being only 63. Um, And your listeners who get their silage tested will know they would much rather have a 72 DMD silage versus a 63 in terms of the silage being able to do its job during the winter feeding period. So if the silage is lacking in energy, then it has to be supplemented, which drives up the cost of the winter feed budget. So my main message, I suppose, to wrap up on that point is to walk your first cut if it's not already been cut, get it tested if you want an assurance that the nitrogen has been already used up um, and get it cut to preserve the best quality possible from, from here out. And with the second cut in mind, what advice have you? Yeah, well, what we see from research, Barry, is that on balance, if you did, by delaying the first cut, you're just, all you're doing really is compromising the yield of the second cut. So we generally recommend trying to get a balance of bulk and quality in the first cut, getting it harvested in good weather conditions and quickly sealed into the pit. After that, then, the next goal is to get this ground growing again to get the, and then get the second cut in and have that land back for grazing out in August. So to get this ground fertilised, the general recommendation for a second coat would be roughly 80 units of nitrogen, 10 to 15 units of phosphorus and 60 to 70 units of potash and not to forget uh, 10 units of sulphur in the fertiliser. We've seen from silage 
um, test results from our clients who use the sulfur that they generally end up with high levels of prote- higher levels of protein in their silage. So it's an important one not to forget. Um, then the, the phosphorus and the potash can be looked after with slurry if there's some available. And 2,000, of gallon, 2000 gallons will deliver about 10 to 12 units of phosphorus and 60 units of K. Ideally here, we'd be, we would be using the low emission equipment um, for the time of the year so we get the best value from the nitrogen and it's not lost to ammonia emissions. So for every 1,000 gallons of cattle slurry you, you can apply, it can deliver up to six units of nitrogen with the dribble bar trailing shoe versus only three units with the splash plate. But the real problem from an environmental point of view is that those other three units are being lost as emissions when you use the splash plate in the summer. And just a note on that, if you are in derogation, any slurry that you spread after the 15th of April this year must be using the low emission equipment. So if we assume that the P&K is looked after, we can get the balance of the nitrogen from protected urea that includes sulphur. So it's important that we dial back on the bag fertiliser nitrogen if we've gotten slurry out, the same as we do with the P&K. Now, once all the silage is cut, is it a good idea to have a look at your fertiliser plan then for the rest of the year? Absolutely. Um, Yes, we see soil fertility, unfortunately, is still an unresolved issue for a lot of cork farms. I was looking at some figures there in the last day or two, and when we look at soil samples for cork dairy farms that came into Chagas Labs last year, the overall picture tells us that only one in five of those samples was right for pH, phosphorus, and uh, potash. So we want the pH above 6.2, 6.3, and we want the P and K at index 3 at least. So what that means, I suppose, is that 80% of the field samples were below optimum and therefore not performing to their full potential. So if you're listeners, I would definitely suggest that this is a good time of the year to take out your derogation fertilizer plan or to review your soil samples to see are you on track to address any issues that they may have shown up. For example, were you able to get slurry onto low P or K ground or did you get the lime out in the spring? Um, Silage, as we're talking about, is a very heavy drain on nutrients from the ground. So up to now, what we've been doing is kind of just feeding those crops. But once the cuts are done, it's it's important to address any low P or K uh, index fields and lime if it's needed. And obviously, lime is where we always start in terms of a starting point in addressing soil fertility issues. Um, The general rule of thumb for phosphorus then is that for every index we want to move from, say, two to three, we need to supply seven units of um, P per acre. And to move an an index for potash, we need to add 30 units per acre. Now, they're just very general rough guideline figures. You obviously have to tie in the phosphorus allocations in terms of your overall farm farm allowances that your fertiliser plan has given you and the closing date of the 15th September for fertiliser applications. But on the other side of it, there's no limit on the amount and timing of potash you can spread and the the same goes for lime. Um, Traditionally, we have applied P and K in the back end of the year for build-up, but now what we're seeing is that we're getting a better response from phosphorus that we apply early in the grazing season rather than at the end of it. So ideally, if you have a phosphorus allowance for the farm, 50% of it should be out now at this stage um, and the remaining kind of over July, June, July and August. Autumn is still a good time, however, for potash build-up with a product like straight muriate of potash being used. On the lime side then, any time of the year is a right time on grazing ground, ideally after tight grazing if you can, and getting the lime out. And once the lime is washed off the leaf of the plant, it can be grazed. On the silage ground, however, I suppose, look, we'd always recommend that you'd wait till all the cuts are done before you spread any lime and not more than two tonnes to the acre in any one application. You mentioned derogations. Will you let us know how it's affecting farmers this year, Liz? I will. Um, So those in derogation, obviously, they have to have a fertiliser plan um, in place for 2020. They've applied for their their derogation back there at the start of the year, and they're obliged to stick with the nitrogen phosphorus limits for their farms. So I would encourage all farmers 
in derogation to make sure no, to know exactly how much they are allowed for the year in terms of NMP and kind of what's left for the remaining part of the year. Um, I suppose the risk is if they go over these limits, then there's possible penalties um, could be incurred. The other main obligation, obviously, is to ensure that there's 16-week slurry storage for the stock on their holdings, and this is actually an obligation for the majority of livestock farmers, regardless of derogation, unless unless they're very lowly stocked. But back to the derogation farmers, um, alongside the regulations that were always there, there were a new set of undertakings in place for 2020 onwards. I think it's no harm just to remind people, um, kind of the, when things are settling down now, just to remind der- derogation farmers of what, as to what they've signed up for. Uh, the first one I've already touched on is the low emission slurry spreading and as of the 15th as I said this year all slurry on derogations 15th of April all slurry on derogation farms must be spread with the dribble bar or trailing shoe and there are TAMS grants available for purchasing this equipment so if you're interested in that you could contact your local advisor or Tagus office. So from next year on in 2021, 100% of the slurry on derogation farms must be spread with the low emission equipment. But look in general I think we've seen this equipment is being widely used people are very happy with it it gives them a good opportunity to get a lot of slurry out and even paddocks that have a bit of cover of grass so i think in general it's not going to be a major issue uh, going forward in terms of using this equipment next then i suppose i touch on it a little bit as well the liming program we know that liming obviously makes good agronomic sense in terms of soil health and nutrient use efficiency so in derogation you it's mandatory now that you follow the recommendations of your soil sample results and your advisor will have laid out a plan for liming for the next four years years for you in terms of the total tons of lime from your farm and when it should be spread. Then moving on to um, feeding, the limit in the crude protein, limit of the crude protein in ration, um, it can't be more than 16% um, kind of from the 1st of April on. Again, this makes good sense when we consider that the cow needs kind of overall 15, 16% in her diet and we know the grass is higher than this, it could be 18, 19, up to 20% depending on quality. So we we don't need to be supplying additional protein in the ration because it only ends up, I suppose, being broken down by the cow and being excreted as a waste in the system. So look, the limit is 16%, but we'd be suggesting that a 14 or even a 12% crude protein ration is perfectly adequate while cows are at grass during the summer. This, as I said, this regulation applies to ration uh, purchased after the 1st of April this year up to the 15th of September. Moving on to the last two main points then on the derogation is receding. Any new reseeds require clover to be included in the mix. And then from a biodiversity point of view, there are new regulations in relation to hedge cutting. Just mentioned on the clover, if it's your first time um, going to sow clover, I'd definitely be talking to someone, an advisor or someone in terms of how it's going to be managed because it can be a tricky plant to manage in a sward of grass. Soil fertility has to be right um, if it's going to be successful and there can be issues there in terms of the level of clover remaining in the sward after a number of years. So just chat to someone on that before you launch into going clover on your farm for the first time. There are a couple of other points, I suppose, in terms of derogation in relation to cattle drinking from streams and watercourses and runoff from farm roadways. But these are kind of farm-specific issues and it's something that derogation farmers just should be aware of and take action if if it applies in in conjunction with their farm advisor. Now, we're still in the first phase of the lifting of restrictions of COVID-19. So how is Tagish maintaining contact with clients now and the general farming public during these lockdown restrictions, Liz? Has the situation improved? Um, I suppose, Barry, I suppose we're all coming to terms with the situation. Normally when we come on this programme, we're, we're highlighting the, the events that will be up and coming for the for the week ahead as part of the normal farming year, but these are all paused for the moment. Um, well, I suppose Chagas now, we've, we've got a steep learning curve in terms of technology now. We're running our discussion groups um, over the phone or over Zoom. 
there's a lot going on in terms of social media on our Facebook or Twitter on our YouTube channels so there's, there's kind of online virtual webinars happening so look I think if people are interested in kind of getting the latest insights and updates from across our advisory research and education divisions I definitely tell them to tune in to our, as I said, our social media platforms and the office side the offices are the, all the advisors are still working as normal um, you know the phones in the office are being manned remotely so look all lines of communication are open in terms of Tigusk anyway so yeah it's as I said we've, we've technology really has helped us kind of keep the show on the road up to now Okay and finally but it's a critical point Liz it's a busy time on farms and farm safety is very important at this time of the year Do you know I suppose we're seeing an alarming number of farm accidents in the media and unfortunately these are they're not just statistics, they're, they're people's lives and families. And um, we know that farming is the, the most dangerous workplace in Ireland. And look, I suppose just to, to, on a final note, I just want to stress, you know, the importance of thinking safety first with any job you're undertaking on the farm. With the schools and colleges off, there are more children and young people around farms and they're looking for jobs and they're looking for something to do. And um, we also see a lot more people out and about walking, I suppose, getting their exercise and staying within their five kilometre travel, travel limit. Um, a lot of people still not back to work yet but look it's a very busy time of the year as you said in farms on livestock farms the silage operations ongoing and we'll move into the tillage harvest season in another couple of weeks and months so look my message would be just for people to slow down um, be aware of what's going on around you and to work as safely as, as possible and keep yourself and your family safe Thanks to Liz Duffy Tagusk Dairy B&T Advisor in Middleton the new Forestry Knowledge Transfer Group scheme opened on Tuesday, 26th of May 2020. The launch was described by Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Andrew Doyle TD, as a conditional launch in the light of the current public health restrictions on group meetings. Minister Doyle said the purpose of launching the scheme now was to allow organisers to secure participants and to complete the necessary preparations to be ready to commence the meetings when public health guidelines allow. Forestry companies, consultants and producer groups are all invited to organise forestry knowledge transfer groups. Once approved, organisers can then invite forest owners to participate in these groups. Each KTG knowledge transfer group can have a maximum of 20 participants and each participant will need to attend seven meetings or outdoor events in order to complete the programme. Participants in the 2018 and 2019 knowledge transfer group schemes will not be permitted to join a knowledge transfer group scheme in 2020. KT Knowledge Transfer Group scheme payments subject to conditions are broken down as follows. Each Knowledge Transfer Group participant will receive reimbursement or payment of €70 for every meeting attended, seven meetings in all. Each KT Group organiser will receive €6,500 per KT Group organised. A total of seven meetings will be organised per KTG Group. The maximum payment to each participant is €490. Applicants will be ranked in the event that the scheme is oversubscribed. Further information from the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine at the following ktg at agriculture.gov.ie Completed applications must be emailed to ktg at agriculture.gov.ie by 4pm on 26th of June 2020. 
all subject to the rules, regulations and applications as deadlined of the scheme as set out on the department's website. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Cork's first rooftop farm is bursting into life. The man behind the project said he hopes the COVID-19 lockdown might have produced something positive for the city. Brian McCarthy planted hundreds of fruit and vegetable seeds on a roof at Dalton Avenue in Corn Market Street seven weeks ago when his flower business had to close. He's planning to bring in chickens now and is hoping to set up a business venture supplying produce to local businesses. We heard about his plans on Farm Talk about a month ago, so C103 senior news reporter Fiona Corkin went along for a catch-up to see how it's progressing. We were busy at it. We got all the raised beds and made, built and filled with soil, so that was a tough tough few weeks' work, but they're all done now and ready for uh, planting up. So... Um, we're looking at the kind of next stage of planting now. We've had the polytunnel here, been busy in here getting things ready to plant out. And yeah, just clearing off things, trying to get the place tidier, getting railings in, getting it safer. Um, and just keeping everything growing along. And it's been really nice to see the progress that's been made. Um, and yeah, just, just keep keep things growing. It's it's I've been away now for a few days and I've seen a noticeable change in plants' growth um, and it's cool to see that because, you know, when you're here every day you kind of don't see the microscopic changes but then come back and it's, it's cool to see everything bouncing up and out, of the, out of the soil, so that's cool. I mean, we probably have close to 150 tomato plants alone um, at this point and there's... There's iceberg lettuce there behind you and there's definitely about 400 heads in it in the few trays. So that needs to go out um, pretty soon. Um, We've planted out 300 heads of lettuce so far. So there's a lot coming along and we've radishes now that are just ready. They'll be the first thing to be harvested. We'll actually be doing that today, which is great. Um, So yeah, you can see there some of the makeshift things we had to do because during the lockdown everyone went gardening mad I suppose and there wasn't any any potting trays or uh, anything we could get our hands on really in garden centres to, to plant into so we just used what we had uh, tins that we used from from food boxes anything we could recycle I had all these these are all fresh flower buckets that from my own business that we repurposed and you know just anything we could get our hands on really um you know you when you're kind of pushed into a corner i suppose you use what you can so it's been it's been interesting in that regard it's it's funny to to get joy out of going into a garden center to buy uh planting bu- uh, little buckets and, and seedling trays but yeah simple things like that i suppose we've been we've not been able to get at but it, again look we didn't know any better we're sorry not that we didn't know any better but we didn't have any choice in the matter at the start access is the big thing you know um we're 14 feet up which isn't too bad that in terms of you know there's some rooftop farms in other cities and they're uh, you know 15 20 stories up or something like that we're we're still accessible with uh, certain machinery but a lot everything has to be handballed up flights of stairs at the moment so and we have to be kind of cognizant of that, you know, like if if something is bulky or heavy, you really, you need to have a, a pretty good plan in place. 
Um, so for the topsoil, you know, getting that up here, that was that was a, a tricky operation, and um, yeah, but we we got through it anyway. And I, we're as I said, we're 14 feet up, so cranes can still reach us quite manageably. Um, yeah, so we, we had an engineer look at that and he surveyed the structure underneath and everything and yeah, we got we got the green light from him so it's it's probably one of the most commonly asked questions we get but it was the first thing, pretty much the first thing we did before we even considered going ahead with it would would the roof take any any waste, you know so he said, yeah, there's no problem with that and we're we're doing further tests now on certain parts of the roof just to see what the exact uh, further loads we can put on it are. Um, we've brought 20 tonnes of soil up here so far, and that's probably covered about a fifth of the roof, so we still have loads of space. There's a lot of work here now, I mean, already for, we're still restricted in who can come up here and help, um, so it's still, you know, a very tight number of people that are helping. It, it's just a couple of family members and stuff, so... Um, you know, we have to be, I can't take on too much because I have my own business as well that's just starting up again, thankfully, after the COVID lockdown restrictions. So um, managing time is, is important too. But I definitely, this is something I, I, I want to grow and uh, we're just taking it step by step. So like first thing is get everything we planted successfully grown, see what what the reaction is to the produce, how it tastes you know, what sort of yields we get um, and dealing with any of the challenges we have. I mean, we have a bit of a, a few challenges here in the polytunnel at the moment with uh, with some friendly uh, friendly uh, pests, but, you know, it you deal with them as they come. It, you know, there's no farm in the, in the world that doesn't have to overcome challenges like that either. You know, we're no different. Um, but overall, I think it, the whole process to date has been massively rewarding and um, huge fun, you know, massive fun. Great learning curve for us because my knowledge of vegetable growing would have been pretty rudimentary in terms of, you know, what I would have been taught by my father probably as a young kid and stuff. It wouldn't have been, you know, now there's so much knowledge available or information available to, to your fingertips, it's... It just makes a project like this probably a bit more possible than it would have been 10, 15 years ago because, you know, you have a question, you know, I put up a, put up a post on Instagram and I, I've dozens of people coming back to me with suggestions and answers straight away. So it's, it's we're very fortunate in that, you know. And continued success to Brian McCarthy, our rooftop farmer at Dalton Avenue off Corn Market Street in Cork City Centre. The Pillar Banks, along with representative body Banking and Payments Federation Ireland, BPFI, have been asked to accommodate and protect their farmer customer base by extending the moratorium on farmer repayments beyond the currently agreed deadline of June 30th, 2020. ICMSA Farm Business Committee Chair Mr Shane O'Loughlin points out that for many farmers, the autumn period is traditionally the time when bills are paid and debts serviced. 
Mr O'Loughlin, while acknowledging that a number of farmers would avail of a very welcome June 30th moratorium break in repayments to help cope with the significant falls in their revenues and also ease the current financial pressures, he was still concerned that the really significant financial pressure would not be felt until well later in the year, beyond the June 30th moratorium deadline. It would therefore be very welcome if BPFI, Banking and Payments Federation Ireland, would consider extending the currently agreed deadline of June 30th, 2020. And that's part of a statement from the ICMSA Farm Business Committee Chair, Mr Shane O'Loughlin. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farming organisations maintain the COVID-19 advice based on the measures which have been outlined by the government. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine has a telephone helpline to assist farmers with queries in relation to current COVID-19 restrictions. That number 076 106 4468 and it's open office hours Monday to Friday. In addition, the department's also published a set of frequently asked questions on the coronavirus COVID-19 section of the department's website. Tagusk also has a helpline for farmers 076 3533 during office hours and the website tagusk.ie is also a prime source of information on the full range of issues facing farm businesses. Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing this week and contributing to the Farm Talk programme. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.